You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. It is our Thursday six-pack with guest Chris Raybon of the Action Network. We'll bring him on to find out what the experts say are the best bets for this Sunday NFL schedule. Some news to get to you as well on this Thursday episode. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Brian Peacock at BD Peacock on Twitter. The scout Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. Real quick, Matt, before we bring Chris on, Le'Veon Bell has been released by the New York Jets. Do you like any fits there immediately for Bell, who, by the way, hasn't rushed for more than four yards per carry since 2017. It's been three years since he's been playing at an elite level. Yeah, I'm a little shocked they couldn't get a sixth or seventh round pick or anything like that. But he does have a big contract. Now his new team, which I expect him to sign any day now, any minute now uh, with somebody, um, doesn't have to, you know, isn't on the hook for his big deal. And the Jets are still paying him a lot of money too. So maybe he'll even take a little less to go with a team like Kansas City. Um, that's the one I keep bringing up. I, I have a little list here of na- of teams that are rumored to be interested, Buffalo, Miami, Vegas, and I keep going back to the Chiefs. I mean, that'd be really attractive if I'm Bell. Maybe go win a ring, uh, restore your, your stock on a, a really good team that schemes you up well and gets you back involved in the passing game like Pittsburgh did. Um, and I know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is uh, a hot name right now. And I'm not bashing the guy. I I just think he's been good, not great. Yeah, Bell does have offsets in his contract. So essentially, I think the team that signs him, it's going to be the Jets that are are paying Bell's salary the rest of the way. And so they can get him on the cheap. So if you're Bell, I don't think money's going to be really a factor because uh, you're getting paid by the Jets either way. So the best team possible. So I kind of like that in Kansas City for Bell. But there might be some other teams where he could get more touches because, you know, if you're Bell, do you want to play for a Super Bowl, continue contender but be a backup or do you think you're still a starter and want to go somewhere where he's like I'm going to beat out everybody right and I know Gaskins played really well for Miami but I would think Bell would go past him sooner than later the Bills have really run the ball very poorly this year I mean it's it's kind of an underreported story about the Bills is their passing game has carried them. They don't run the ball that well, and their defense is below average. So if they could get more out of that running back position, not that Singletary and Moss are bad players, but, you know, uh, he would be an upgrade. And, you know, you had mentioned off the air, Vegas just sounds like a Gruden thing to do. Give me, give me another shiny toy. Yeah, and you mentioned a trade. Apparently Gruden did make a call about Bell before he was released, so there's a little bit of smoke there. I, I do like Buffalo, actually, now that I think about it. And by the way, Buffalo plays New York in Week 7, so he could come back and have his first game against the Jets if he wanted to sign with the Bills. And the fact that the Bills drafted Zach Moss, and by the way, the rookie's out with a toe injury, makes me think that they're not so invested in Devin Singletary being, you know, the the heavy workload, bell cow, every down back that they might be looking for a second guy. And there's some similarities there with a, a bigger body back in, in Zach Moss and and Le'Veon Bell. So the more I think about it, I think Buffalo seems to be the number one for me. 
It, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I wonder how as important is it, we mentioned Miami, to play against the Jets. Is that something he'd love to do and, you know, smear it in Gase's face that he never should have used them <laughs> wrong all along, yeah. maybe. Um, I can pretty much assure you any of the Steeler rumors are not going to happen. Okay. Uh, I kind of like the Bills fit, though. Bills of Kansas City, to me, would be the ones I would be most interested in if I were Bell. I like it. We'll keep tabs on Le'Veon Bell right now. Let's keep tabs on our picks for week six and bring on today's guest. Once again, it is my pleasure to bring Chris Raybon onto the program. You can find him at the Action Network, Action Network Sports Betting Podcast, as well with his co-host, Stucky and and they make some picks every week and we talked about their six pack of best bets right here on the Peacock and Williamson show. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Raybon. Chris, how are you doing today? Is it a heck of a week for you guys? Five out of six games correct wow. in week five, including going head to head with yours truly. I got you last week in a in a couple of head to heads. This week, um, you got me with that Cowboys giants game which uh, there's Ooh. multiple storylines there for both franchises but obviously the dac thing's huge yeah that was quite the game uh you know those th- these division games uh, are always usually tighter than you think uh especially if you're not the cincinnati bengals and, uh, <laughs> but uh you know that that was a rough game obviously for uh for the cowboys future with that prescott going down and uh you know it, it kind of set off some waves with the NFC East, far from decided, uh, you know, five weeks into the season, you know, the, the Cowboys are, are up top with a couple of wins, but uh, just a uh, kind of a bloodbath of an NFC East uh, to start the year. Yeah, it absolutely is. And the DAC injury is obviously horrible. But I had heard something today and just wanted to ask him as more of an expert on the opinion your opinion that apparently before his injury, if you were to bet on this week's Cowboys Cardinals game, Dallas was favored by three, three and a half, something in that neighborhood, which mm-hmm. sounds normal. And then when the injury happens, now we look at the line, Dallas is a dog by one and a half. And I'd even heard it gotten higher than that. Can one player, does that sound right to you? I mean, is Dak worth four and a half points, five points? If if so, is Mahomes worth seven? You know, was Wilson worth eight? You know, I'm just curious how that works. Yeah, so uh, the number one thing that's going to affect, uh, you know, point differential and, th- and therefore projections and spreads uh, is going to be the quarterback and, and passing efficiency. And so uh, you are going to see certain quarterbacks worth, you know, five, six, even seven points to the spread, depending on how good that quarterback is uh, and, and how good the backup is. In this particular situation, you know, Dak was throwing for, you know, what was it, 450 plus yards? Yeah three games in a row. But I think the, the, the worry when you're going to Andy Dalton, who I think is for the most part, uh, one of the better backups in the league, but the worry in this particular spot and, and at this time for Dalton uh, is that Joe Looney, the center is, is on IR. Lyle Collins is out. Tyron Smith is out. Uh, ooh, Cam Irving is, is on the IR. So the O-line is just so banged up and that's been <laughs> The issue for Dalton throughout his career is when he has protection, he's decent. Uh, when he doesn't, uh, he struggles mightily. And so um, that's that's kind of why I think you're seeing the the big line move. And I think it's warranted uh, in this particular situation until, especially until we see uh, if Dalton can settle in behind this O line that's it's very very banged up. That's a great point, Chris. I want to ask you about overall betting 
strategy and when when you're making picks and and you're betting your hard-earned cash and trying to win some money back are you trying to go big because i'm looking at our and and we're keeping track here matt and i do our six packs on friday tune in to find out uh, matt and and our best bets we do three apiece and Uh uh, we we get these here on thursday with chris from the action network and looking at the season both of us are on the plus side We're, we're doing pretty well matt and i have hit on 18 of 24 so far this season and Action Network, 16 of 24. So we're within two picks. That's 75% for Peacock and Williamson, 66.7% for the Action Network. So we're both doing well. But Matt and I have been really the model of consistency. We're, we were 500 the last three weeks in a row, three of six. You went from one correct in week four to five out of six in week five. Is is that something you're looking to do, is to go big or, or, or lose big sort of when it comes to those bets? Or would you rather be sort of hitting it down the middle of the fairway when you're betting? I mean, you're, I think you're kind of, you can't avoid some of those um, peaks and valleys just because of the nature of the sport. Remember, um, you're kind of betting on something that is inherently a, you know, about a 50 50 shot each way, right? And so uh, if you, if you take, you know, those odds and you, you multiply them by, you know, six picks, for example, you're going to have some weeks where you go one out of six, you're going to have some weeks where you go five out of six. So um, it's not really an aim or anything like that. It's just more so the nature of it. And and the nature of the uh, first, well, the nature of a few things, the nature of number one, the way teams are kind of playing, right? You know, um, you see a team that plays really well one week and they come out the next week and it's just like, you know, eh, and, and then you see, <laughs> you, yeah. you kind of see the opposite, you know, it's human nature. Um, but you also see the market, the market's going to kind of correct for certain things. So um, it, it, the process, I would say this, the process remains the same. Um, but anytime you're dealing with something that's 50, 50, you know, you take like, for example, you know, 50%, uh, 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 let's say 50, you know, three pre- or 47% chance of getting something wrong. And then you multiply that by, you know, six or something. And that's your chances of getting, you know, all six wrong or something, you know, so it's kind of just, it's kind of just math that works out that way. And, uh, uh, as somebody who bets a lot, you learn not to really overreact to it, uh, in positive or negative on a week to week basis. I would think you don't want to get too high or too low. Right. Do you prefer to bet toward the middle or end of a season where things maybe have stabilized a little bit and you know a lot more about the current teams rather than the beginning of the season where you're based off of old information? No, I think that is something that uh, that is definitely a preference of certain betters, even certain bigger uh, betters. But um, the way we're, you know, the way I personally kind of operate, uh, you know, it's, it's all the same kind of information. Like even right now, you know, as um, working with, you know, projections for week number six, um, you know, there's still information factored into that model that maybe some would consider old information. You know, there's, you know, there's information about quarterbacks and, and offensive lines and things like that and, and coaches that go back, you know, beyond the first five weeks. Um, and, and that's always going to be the case. There's just different uh, kind of uh uh, sample sizes where different type of information becomes predictive. So there's certain information that you're not using more than a couple of weeks of data for the new season, but there's some information where uh, you might actually be going back a couple of years, regardless of when, uh, at what point in the season it is. So um, that is something that some people prefer, but uh, the way the kind of inf- working with a whole bunch of information, um, I'm always going to be factoring in, you know, more than just you know, whatever this season uh, has to offer, if applicable. All right. Well, let's put that information to use, Chris. 
Coming up, the Week 6 Action Network Sunday six-pack. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of joining the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. I watch little breakfast, refreshments throughout the day, pretty much watch ball all day long. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com. Check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Let's fire it up. Chris, who do you like? The top selection in your six-pack for Sunday's games. So we started out, we're going, uh, this is mine, we're going with uh, Detroit here, three and a half point favorites against Jacksonville. And uh, this is uh, more of a situational spot than anything. You have Detroit coming off the bye. Remember, they were, you know, just injury ravaged to start the year. They started to get healthy. Uh, But you look at teams uh, that are favorites coming off of a bye. And when they're on the road, because you don't see that quite as much, um, you know, a road favorite. Um, just because, you know, the home team gets an, an extra two to three points. Uh, road favorites coming off the bye since 2003 uh, are 62 and 28 against the spread. So a uh, really good spot for Detroit in a spot you probably otherwise wouldn't really think about backing them. Um, but uh, in this spot, really good. And Jackson was just struggled a lot on defense to number 32 in DVOA uh, with Detroit getting healthier and having some time to kind of work uh, through the bye and give some new looks and, and kind of, you know, formulate a, a new game plan. I think this will be one of Detroit's uh, better efforts of the year. Some of those numbers I hear, I'm, I'm kind of new to betting, but like sometimes off of bye and cold weather games against the spread, they're winning 52%. I'm like, I don't care. You know, like some of those things I, I don't, you know, I just kind of shake a stick at where this one is kind of interesting. I mean, that's an overwhelming trend for road dogs coming off a bye. Well, no, road favorite. So road so favorite. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And 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 you and you see similar things to this on like a Thursday night football uh because favorites are there's hardly any situations uh, as you'll probably kind of gather uh, you know throughout this year as we talk but there's there's not many situations where favorites have a clear advantage in the betting market because uh, you know, the public tends to bet more favorites than, than underdogs. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, when it's, it's there's certain spots when you just have the advantage of being a, a superior team, usually dictated by rest. So Thursday night football, uh, you usually see the favorite hit at a high rate, both at home and on the road, uh, because, you know, both teams are on short rest. The superior team uh, it usually benefits. And this is another situation when a superior team has long rest and is a favorite uh, even though it's on the road, uh, it, it benefits for those extra, you know, six, seven days uh, over a team like Jacksonville who just played last week. So, yeah, it's one of the it's a it's it's a rare spot where you're you're more confident backing a favorite, uh, you know, due to due to due to some situation. And it's it's usually a rest situation, you know, and, and I'm thinking about this line and even taking the buy out of it. When you see a one-win team in the Lions and a one-win team in the Jaguars, you know, neither team is playing at a level that I'm sure they want to. But I think the perception of these teams, when I look at their rosters, the Lions are just a much better team, too, than the Jaguars. Even though the Jaguars had a little heat at the beginning of the season with a big win, uh, I, I don't think they're really that close in talent. And I think we've seen that more recently with the Jaguars. 
And that goes back to what we were just saying a minute ago about maybe looking previous to these five games. You know, what did we mm-hmm. think of these two teams a month and a half ago? Well, you know, not we didn't think the Lions were a powerhouse, but we thought they were much better than the Jags. It's 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 kind of two sided because in some situations I and I think you know when you're actually modeling this out and like do it like you definitely want to look at that. Um, but there's some situations where you can kind of get caught up looking at it. Like for example, um, you know, a lot of uh, sharp betters last week were on the Falcons, and I think that was because of the perceptions of those two teams, them and the Panthers, coming into the year, uh, and, and and not you know factoring in enough what had happened during this year. And, and of course, you know, the coaching, the unfortunate, uh, you know, coaching and lack of preparation that the Falcons have kind of shown under Quinn, who, who's of course is now fired, but um, it, it can work both ways. But in general, yeah, anytime you have information, um, you definitely want to kind of parse through it and, and decide like, is this valuable? Is it relevant or is it not? And, and in, in, in this case, I think it is at the Lions and Jags as well. I, I think you're right. Lions getting three and a half on the road, coming off a bye. Your second selection for week six in the Action Network six-pack. So that's going with the Houston Texans plus three and a half against the Tennessee Titans. And I, I like this one. This is a spot to kind of buy low on the on the Texans. And the Titans have run really hot. Uh, you know, they they've they've run uh what are they four and oh now? Yeah, four and oh. Yeah, and, and and it's been impressive. I mean, big win over the Bills, but this is another situation where uh, the rest does not favor uh, the uh, this team. You know, so they Tuesday are, night game. I mean, it's unprecedented. Right? Yeah, and, and, and Stuck went and looked at this, and he has some good information on the podcast. But you know, usually you see it benefit you know the favorite the most. But even you know, regardless of spread, in when you have like a, a short rest, like a uh, a team coming off a Monday night or a team coming off, you, you know, there's hardly been any Tuesday night games. I think only one other one, but um, you know, a six days rest kind of situation um, there, the, uh, the market still doesn't really price it in. And you're still seeing these, uh, the teams with the longer rest uh, hitting at about a, a 55, 56% clip. And we saw the kind of uh, aftermath of this last week with the chiefs, just, you know, inexplicably, uh, kind of getting, you know, what was it, 40, 40 points to the Raiders and they lose that game. So um, these kind of things are, are always tough. And then you add in the divisional, uh, you know, the division element to it. The Texans actually beat the Titans uh, on the road in Tennessee. One of the few losses Tennessee suffered with Tan- once Tannehill took over. So um, good spot to get the uh, – to get the hook here, the three and a half on the Houston Texans, who are 12th in DVOA compared to 10th for the Titans. So not a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston, just that tough schedule to start the year, uh, really, really set them back. And this is essentially for their season. Maybe they salvage something uh, if they get to two and four. I don't know. But uh, that division is not looking all that impressive. So we'll see. Yeah, I think the public, I mean, after watching the Titans just mop the floor with the Bills, is probably too high on Tennessee. And everyone remembers the Texans being 0-4, and, and then they probably are thinking, yeah, they beat the Jags. That's so what you're supposed to. But with the short week and those two public perceptions, this might be a good one. Yeah, and that's usually how you have to start thinking about it at this point. Um, as the season progresses, I think generally – 
uh, the lines do get a little bit more efficient. The market gets more efficient. And I think you're looking at situations a little bit more. You're looking at coaching and, and you're looking at things that don't pop up as much like like offensive lines. You know, things like that are going to affect, you know, maybe a guy like Andy Dalton more than it would a, another backup quarterback in another spot. Um, so you're looking at those uh, kind of things a lot more. Uh, now, as we get into the season, and maybe you were in the first couple of weeks where it was a little more straightforward. Who else do you like Sunday, Chris? Who's the third pick in your Sunday six-pack? The San Francisco 49ers plus two and a half uh, against the Rams. And uh, this one caught my attention, caught both of our attention, really, because uh, I know the 49ers collapsed last week <laughs> against the, uh, the Dolphins. I know they don't uh, exactly Niners know. had a bye last week, didn't they? Huh? I don't remember that. Oh, game. yeah, thought, yeah, right. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't show up, you know. But uh, interestingly enough, they're still at home. So, you know, rest favors them. Uh, the Rams have looked good. Uh, I think the wrong team is favored here. You're talking, wow. you're talking about a situation where um, I actually bet this when it was at plus four. Uh, my, my co-host bet it at three and a half. I think it's two and a half uh, was the line we officially took for the show. But uh, – you look at that number and what that implies is, you know, the home field is usually going to be worth two, two and a half, um, you know, for the books. And what, what you usually, what that implies is that the Rams are uh, essentially, you know, four or five points better than San Francisco on a neutral field. And, and that's just not the case. Listen, the Rams have a, have had a great start to the season. Uh, they really only beat the NFC East, right? Like, you know, they beat the Eagles, they beat the football team, they beat the Giants. And they beat the Cowboys. They they literally beat the worst division in football. Uh, and 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 you know upon doing it, they're taking all of these road trips across the country. You know they're in LA, then they're going you know to to uh, to, to to Washington. They're coming back to play the Giants, and then they're going you know to to Philly and and Buffalo and all these things. So uh, LA is a lot of distance traveled. And yes, they're coming back to Cali now, but they're still on the road. Meanwhile, San Francisco. Third straight home game for them. Uh, so, yes, they've had some issues, but uh, another situation where you can't overrate kind of the the last game and the perception of, of a Miami team that I think is better than we think. Uh, I know you guys have both mentioned it, but Brian Flores, just such a good coach. Yeah. Uh, so let's not overrate that situation. San Francisco still has a loaded offense. They still can get their number three in pressure. What does Jared Goff struggle with? Oh, yeah, it's pressure. They're number one in defensive uh, average at the target allowed at 6.6. All the Rams like to do is throw it short until Goff can avoid pressure. Uh, This is a a tough matchup, much tougher than I think maybe it looks on paper uh, for, for the Rams. I like that optimism there, Chris, and I might have to take that excerpt and put it on the Friday Locked On 49ers podcast yeah. just to make some of my <laughs> listeners go. feel hey, a little hey, bit better. It was about time, right? Yeah. It was about time we got the 49 I told you, though, this is how it goes. You know, you, you wait to, for the right uh, buy low opportunity, even though they've, they've been covering it. Uh, well, they've been covering against the Giants and Jets, uh, but uh, you, you rate for the buy low opportunity and uh, you strike. And, and here it is because uh, I think this game should probably be a pick at worst. We're halfway there. The rest of the Action Network Sunday six-pack. Next, do you want to keep your vehicle running smooth? Do you want to keep your family safe in that vehicle? Do you want to save some money? Then you got to go to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Rockauto.com. You can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The website is no nonsense. I love it. Super easy to find exactly what you need for exactly your vehicle. And yes, your vehicle is covered. Unbelievable 
amount of vehicles from every make and model dating back to since before anybody who was listening to this podcast was born. It's pretty amazing the selection that rockauto.com has. Everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, small big parts, whatever it is you need. You need a new tailgate, you need wiper blades, you can find it at rockauto.com. It's a unique and remarkably easy to navigate website. Their catalog is huge. Quickly find all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. And those prices, by the way, always reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, pick number four in the Sunday six-pack. Another game that fits a similar uh, kind of uh, criteria, the Bucks. They are, I think the official line that we got was uh, Bucks minus one. I've seen them as a dog at some spots as high as, you know, two, two and a half, but uh, taking the Bucks minus one here. And this is another spot where uh, the Packers, as great as they've started the year, let's remember they played the Vikings when they were still confused about, you know, defense in week one. And they played the, uh, you know, Lions when they were all banged up on defense. The Saints were, were banged up. Uh, the And, you know, so the Packers have kind of ran hot in terms of the, the opponents and the Falcons. Yeah, the, the, the Falcons, you know, with the coach on the way out. So the Packers have run hot in terms of the, the matchups they've got, and they've looked really good. They put up a ton of points. Now they're playing a top-five defense in DVOA, and, and it hurts that Vita Villa, uh, you know, lost for the year, the, the, the interior lineman for the bucks but this is still a loaded defensive front full of you know uh first round draft picks and informal all, all pros and uh the secondary is playing well so top five defense and dvoa versus the pass and the run and uh the toughest opponent i think the packers have uh faced this year so uh the bucks disappointing game for chicago but some odd things happened in that game i mean you had the fumble from vaughn you had that that weird call that they missed that went the other way and goes from like a third and 17 to a third and seven and they convert and score. And uh, just a lot of, you know, things went against the bucks in that spot. So goodbye low here in a game where uh, the bucks and Packers, I would say rated pretty evenly. Um, definitely not enough for, um, you know, this spread to be even or, or bucks, you know, by a point, I think it should be uh, a little more than that. Yeah, the Bay of Pigs, <laughs> the, the, the famous Berman Bay of Pigs game once in a while. Yep. I'm kind of shocked Tampa's getting points at home. It, it seems like an equal matchup to me, you know, especially in Tampa. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it should be And this. We'll, we'll learn a lot about the Packers and, and the Bucks from this one. But uh, uh, yeah, the, early in the year, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction to the uh, cakewalk defensive schedule the Packers have faced. Is there any data for teams – I mean, coming off a of bye is one thing, but I feel like, man, they were the Packers were scorching hot, and the bye came at the worst possible time for them. And then you look at the teams they played in the first four weeks, where you know Vikings defense, Lions defense, Falcons defense. You feel like there's a correction here coming for the Packers, or at least I do, coming off a of bye, and, and almost they reset with more difficult competition here after uh, somewhat of a cakewalk uh, versus the defenses they played early on, and then you get a bye, and and it might really reset that for their season i don't know that's anecdotal for me i don't know if the data backs that up yeah there i well i don't i haven't i don't know exactly i haven't looked at like you know 
doing really well off a bye. But I do know rest generally helps. But both of these teams actually are coming off long rest. So it kind of cancels out. But I can tell you that uh, both Tom Brady and Bruce Arians do very well in these spots. Uh, Bruce Arians off a loss is 24 and 15 against the spread uh, in his career. That's 62%. Uh, And then Tom Brady uh, off a loss in his career, 31 and 12 against the spread in the next game. That's 72%. So uh, both coach and quarterback tend to correct. Uh, granted, in different spots, not together uh, yet, but one and zero this season uh, off a loss for Brady and Arian. So we'll see if they can keep it going. Pick number five in the Sunday six pack is it is the Pittsburgh Steelers three point favorites over the Cleveland Browns, and we talked about offense. Now you're line. just kissing up to us. You picked the Niners, <laughs> now you picked the Steelers. Oh, I love the Steelers. <laughs> the Steelers were uh, just a you know quick. Quick, quick fact here, fun fact. Uh, the Steers were the first team that I bet uh, a Super Bowl future on when, when they came out for, for 2020. I love the Steelers. Uh, uh, that's not looking too bad. They've been, yeah, I mean, they've been kind of squeaking out victories here, but it, it's good. It's good for betting because it kind of keeps the line in check. And we were on the Browns last week. Stuck and I were both on the Browns last week. Figure that the Colts were getting a little bit overrated. Um, you know, they, they hadn't played well on offense. They hadn't played well on third down. And Philip Rivers always liable to, to give some points back. But now you're getting the Steelers here who just haven't played a, a tough slate of opponents. Um, so you're getting them at, at three. And you look at what the Steelers do really well, and, and they're doing a lot of things well. I mean, Claypool. Remember when they told us rookies weren't 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 good, or it wasn't? The we were talking about that yesterday on the show. Yeah. <laughs> right, rookie right. wide receivers. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. That's kind of you know that that that's that's kind of backwards now. So, but anyway, <laughs> uh, so one thing the Steelers do really well: they get pressure. Forty percent pressure rate leads the entire National Football League. And you look at Baker Mayfield and uh, Kevin Stefanski has done a great job. Cleveland's racking up the points. I think it's 30 points in what, four straight games now uh, after that, that ugly week one game. But Baker Mayfield, out of 34 qualifiers in pro football focuses um, pressure rating, he's number 33 of 34. Pittsburgh is number one in getting pressure. This is a, a tough offensive line. It's just a, one of those offensive line, you know, matchup kind of pressure situations that maybe, you know, the, the the casual fans not thinking about as much, but really tough spot for Mayfield. And remember what in week one, which is I think the only time they played a truly comparable matchup versus a team with a, a good defense and uh, a, a team that can kind of score, but and do both of those things at a, at a you know, well, uh, they got blown out 38 to six. So, um, you know, the Browns, they have some question marks too, just like we had some question marks about the Colts last week and the level of competition they faced. The Browns have played the, the football team and they've played, you know, the Colts with Rivers giving up nine points, which were essentially the difference in the game. They played the Bengals, you know, second start for a rookie quarterback. So um, then the Cowboys who were reeling, obviously, uh, on defense and in a number of ways. So um, now we're buying, we're, we're kind of buying on the Steelers and, and selling high uh, on the Browns. They they've turned they've caused a dozen turnovers the, the Browns which leads mm-hmm. the league by I think two or three and to me that's really helped them hide how badly Mayfield's really playing and you know, they've great starting field position they're able to run the ball they keep turning people over and their back seven really isn't very good except for Ward too 
Yeah, and they, they've been banged up. And you're right. Mayfield has been very uh, – he's been he's been decent, but he's, I think, overall kind of an average quarterback. And these are the spots where you see bad Baker. So, yeah, uh, banking on that, which uh, Pittsburgh is the short home dog. Uh, short home favorite, excuse me. Lions, Texans, 49ers, Buccaneers, Steelers. Let's finish this up, Chris. What is the final selection for week six for the Action Network? Well, Dan Quinn's gone, right? So uh, naturally, the Falcons uh, pop up here and uh, taking uh, this is Stuck's pick. Uh, you know, it's I haven't I, the Falcons are so scary to bet on for me, but um, I, you know, this is kind of the time you want to do it. When a team changes the head coach, they are historically underrated versus the the spread, and and people are kind of thinking it's going to go from bad to worse instead of from bad to better. Um, we saw it with the Texans with a resounding win and cover. Uh, you know, they were, I think they were what, six and a half point favorites and covered by, uh, they won by about 16. So, um, you know, now going with the Falcons in this spot, uh, plus four, uh, probably would be closer to a three, I think, if, um, you know, they hadn't just had this rash of, you know, bad coaching to start the year. Raheem Morris was better for them when he kind of took over the defense last year. So we'll see if he can do the same uh, for, for the, uh, head coaching position and you're getting a Vikings team that is going to be a little spent again they're they're on a somewhat of short rest you know playing on a Sunday night game playing in a, a real emotional kind of you know game where they could have won that game and, and lose in heartbreaking fashion um, now going to play this Falcons team that's going to be rejuvenated with the new coach um, so you know taking the plus four here and uh, and hoping that uh, we get a better version of the Falcons because I don't know what that was in the first five weeks. I mean, it seemed like every week there was a different issue. And, and last week, you know, you, like the Falcons, if you if you say, hey, you give up 16 points in the first 50 minutes of a game to the Carolina Panthers and your offense can't put up more points than that. So, um, you know, kind of banking on some positive regression and the Falcons finally getting it together, uh, at least enough to, to, to lose by three or, or less. Yeah, I was eyeballing the Falcons hard this week, too, and, and their roster isn't necessarily an 0-5 roster. They're underperforming for sure. And um, I, I had this question when you picked the Texans game, too, and they had that head coach bump last week. Does data show head coach bumps midseason for multiple weeks, or is that sort of a one-week thing? Uh, it, it, I believe it's most prevalent uh, in the first week after, but there is a little bit of a bump. Um, going forward, just because the perception again tends to be so bad, and and like with the Falcons, I don't know how they can't have a bump because I think they were what one in four to start the year. And you look at Dan Quinn's history, and I have a piece on this out at ActionNetwork.com about how we should judge coaches against the spread more because it kind of takes the talent part out, and it says, okay, well, if you know the te- the teams that have the great talent, they're going to be favored by a lot. So yeah. if they're still covering, you know, but but Dan Quinn as a favorite uh, before December was nine and 27 as a favorite overall, something like 18 and 33. Uh, mm. uh, he off a loss off a straight up loss, 15 and 25 against the spread. So like this team underperformed in a number of areas that you wouldn't expect uh, against the spread and straight up. And so you expect some of that to be corrected. And this would be the best time uh, to kind of uh, buy low on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I, I also believe like things like this, Houston, you know, some of these other big events that sweep a team, maybe even Tennessee this past week. I do think teams get like a shot of adrenaline for a week or two just with a change. 
Absolutely. And especially yeah. when that change is is needed, which I think in Atlanta's case, I mean, they were they were a target. Like this was a this is a situation where there were like big bets coming in from people that, you know, go straight off their computer models, just you know, throwing money away, burning money on the Falcons. And this was happening for for years now because they consistently just underperformed. So uh, a needed change in Atlanta's case. Certainly a wake-up call for players, knowing that jobs are on the line. You can find Chris's work, actionnetwork.com, the Action Network Sports Betting Podcast, and find him on Twitter, at Chris Raybon. Always a pleasure, Chris. Thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing how these games perform this Sunday. Thanks for having me, guys. Good luck.